0: Welcome to the Dr. Francis Miles podcast. Dr. Miles will share prophetic words, insights, and revelation about some of the toughest topics in the Bible. Dr. Miles also has a healing ministry, birthed out of his own powerful encounter with Jesus Christ, and has seen many set free through his crusades and meetings. Tune into today's episode and be blessed by a fresh take from this anointed minister of the gospel.
1: Today, I'm beginning a two uh, week series. So, for the next two this well, for the, so this Sunday and next Sunday, we are going to be doing this series called Jesus the Suffering Servant. Jesus the Suffering Servant. I want you to understand this aspect of Jesus because if you don't understand this aspect of Jesus, you not know what He did for us. He did for you and me in His suffering. Not only that, you, you're not going to know the redemptive nature of suffering. You know, we live in an, a spiritual ecosystem today where people don't want to suffer nothing. But the reality is if you ask successful people, people have done amazing things with their life, they, they suffered some things to become who they are. Even the heavyweight champions like Muhammad Ali... They'll let you know it, it, it was not easy. It was of, I mean, they got, they, I mean, he got beat up. I mean, he, he was in the gym a lot of time. A lot when most, I mean, he was running around. I mean, you ask uh, Evander Holyfield, all of those people. You know, they, when there's something significant that must be done, there's a the level of suffrage that comes with it. And no one had a higher assignment, higher assignment on earth by any stretch of the imagination than Yeshua Jesus. And so, because the life of Jesus was so important to the economy of God and the restoration of mankind who fell in the garden through Adam and Eve, it was important that God takes his time in re-engineering our salvation and our reconnection to God so that there would be 4,000 years of human history that would pass as the prophets of Israel continue to proclaim the arrival of the suffering servant. There are many powerful, life-changing, messianic prophecies about Yeshua Jesus in the Bible. So different prophets would pick up different aspects of what he was going to do in his assignment to reverse engineer all the evil, all the corruption that came because of the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden when they listened to that old lying serpent called the devil or Satan. But to me, there is no passage of scripture that captures the passion of the Christ, the suffering of the Messiah, to redeem mankind, and all, and what it means to us, than the book of Isaiah, chapter fifty-three. It is so powerful that most that there's some rabbis now in Israel who are beginning to who are beginning to open their heart to the fact that Yeshua Jesus is the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. They are looking now in the beginning, it's be, the empirical evidence is more than ample to show there's, there is no Jewish uh, prophet who was ever uh, ticked off on everything that Isaiah prophesied, Son of Mamos, prophesied about the Messiah of Israel than Jesus of Nazareth. So a window is opening up where faith is beginning to come in a fresh or new way. I mean, faith in Yeshua, as a possible Messiah of Israel, is beginning to come even to Orthodox Jews. It's hush in some areas, but there's a revival right now going on in Israel, where all of a sudden there's this huge uptick in interest in Israel concerning Yeshua, Jesus. Because it's beginning to become clear that he is a suffering servant, spoken of prophesied about by Isaiah, the son of Amos. It begins like this. Who has believed our report? Very interesting. What a question to ask. Who has believed our report? You know, you know why that's important? Because many of us, we are stressed, we are tired, we are exhausted, we are upset, we are frustrated, we are depressed, we are broke, and much of that is connected because of the reports we are believing we're believing what the news media. This lying news media in most nations. I mean, the news media in most countries has become very corrupt. It has become hijacked by politicians who see it as who see the media as a bunch of as a bunch of useful idiots with big microphones that can be used to become propagandists for the state that wants to control people. So a lot of the stuff that comes from the media, you really have to second check it because a lot of them is nothing but propaganda. But 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 so many people believe what comes out of the media in most different nations, not just America, around the world. And that's why they are depressed. They are angry. So my question to you today, this Sunday, as I speak to you, is whose report are you believing right now? Dr. Miles, the, my doctor taught me, you know, this cancer is terminal. You know how many terminal cancer people have prayed for and God healed them supernaturally? Supernaturally? So why would you take the doctor's report and make it final? Whose report, who has believed our report? It tells me that if the Holy Ghost is asking that question in Isaiah 53, it's because Satan works overtime to make sure people don't believe the report of the Lord. This is the one report about the suffering servant that Satan does not want you to believe. Because if you believe it, the tentacles of the devil in your life begin to disintegrate and your life begins to change. Who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The word I'm here is a metaphor of the power of God. That means when we believe the report about the suffering servant, power of God is going to be revealed in our life. We are going to be set free in so many ways. And the reason being that this prophecy of the suffering servant tells us what now in our time has already happened. Because, this, because when Isaiah prophesied it, the Messiah had not even come. He was a thousand years ahead of the Messiah. But we are not. We are 2,000 years behind the fulfillment of the Isaiah 53 by the Messiah, by the man called Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Now they begins to go into uh, uh, the, the, the life of the Messiah. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. This is very interesting. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. Let me just talk about that. Very interesting prophetic stuff there. What, one of the things it tells us here is that, this, this, that Jesus, I know this may surprise many of you, because when you see Jesus handling the Pharisees, it looked like it was rough. Because you tell them, you call them, you viper, you brutal vipers. But the reality is, Jesus was a very tender man. So he's compared to a tender plant. There's no, it's no wonder David says, you have, by your gentleness, you've made me great. Think about this. You think it's by being rough and tumble that you make people great. J- David says, it's by your gentleness that you've made me great. I hope you come to know Jesus. He's very tender. He doesn't play around with sin. He's no pushover. He's the land of the tribe of Judah. But when it comes to people that really are hungry for spirituality, they're hungry for God, he's very tender. He was very rough when he dealt with the the pharisaical, the hypocritical Pharisees and Sadducees, because he saw them as an enemy of the people who are going to cause people to stumble in their faith in God. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. When I saw this, I said, Lord, this is interesting. I said, Lord, how does not make sense? Because how can a tender plant, a root grow out of dry ground? Because everything about agriculture tells you if the land is dry, if the ground is dry, you can have a tender plant. You can have a root that can survive in a dry ground. Because there's no, the ground is dry because there's no water. How can he grow up? And the Lord said to me, Francis, that's a prophecy of his lifestyle. He said to me, Francis, the, a tender plant, a root out of ground ground, also means this. That Jesus is the root who's providing life to the ground. In other words, he's not living from the ground, the ground is living from the root. This is Jesus. We are the dry ground. Everything in creation is dry ground. So he comes and God says, "All I have to do is plant Jesus in your life, and soon enough, the root of Je- the root. This sooner tenderness will begin to come, G- breakthrough begin to come. That's what happened to me when I received Jesus, 1989. Glory to God." I was so poor. When poor people saw me, they, they were encouraged. They were like, "My God!" I thought I was poor until I saw this brother. You know, that's how bad it was in nineteen eighty-nine. Who'd thought? But when I planted, when God planted that root in me, called Jesus, I had no idea I was in. I was in for a ride of my life, and the prosperity that will come, the healing that will come, the mental uh, 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 acute, all of that would come you want to know you want to feel your best let jesus be planted deeply in your soul maybe you're watching or you don't need, maybe you're watching maybe you've walked away from god you never even or maybe you've never accepted jesus as your personal lord and savior right now i'm telling you you know you need to just open your heart and say lord jesus come into my heart plant your presence in my heart he's the root that will take you take your dry ground into a place of uh, where it's feet f- uh, uh, uh things growing out of you, uh, destiny things going out of you. I mean things coming out of you that you never thought you could ever accomplish. I'm like I never thought I would I'd own, I'd own a, TV, a television ministry later on in America, out of Africa in total poverty, now owning a TV a TV channel, a TV stations, all kind of things in my I mean are you kidding me but that's what happens when you allow this root called Jesus Yeshua to be planted in your in the dry ground of your life. The dry ground of your marriage can become like uh, 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 the Garden of Eden if you plant Jesus. What's wrong with your marriage is not your wife, it's not your husband. It's the absence of uh, 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 a deep connection to the root of David. The Bible calls Jesus the root of David. Put the root of David in your dry ground and watch God move. It's no wonder the devil doesn't want you to believe this report. Because this report shows you a way out of your dryness. This report shows you your way out of the dry ground of the relationship between you and your children. That you thought would never turn around. But when you plant that root into the dry ground, it will begin to resupply it. So the ground begins to leave from the root. So the root leaving from the ground. Because God needs nothing from us. But we need everything he's got to offer but he is then he, but then the right the writer the prophet Isaiah. goes further he begins to tell us he has no form or comeliness that when, and when we see him there's no beauty that we should design very interesting I know movies I mean I know when you watch a movie son of God They got a Jesus who's more handsome than Brad Pitt. I'm like, my God, you are making it difficult for people to watch the the Jesus movie. Because all the girls are going to be like, my God, is that Jesus? My God, just looking cute right now. But you see, the Bible tells us that because Jesus had to bear all of the things we deal with in the world, the Lord did not, even though God could have given Jesus the most, I mean, this, I mean he, he had the specimen body in terms of the fact that it was an incorruptible body, untouched by sin. But God did not give them the handsome features of Denzel Washington or, or Brad Pitt or whatever you think of. The Bible says when you see him, there was nothing about gee, the suffering servant that was naturally appealing. That was a wow, man, you know, it's, it's really something. That's why Jesus was so common. He was so common in his features that when uh, they had to crucify him, they needed Judas to identify them because he could so blend in so easily. There was nothing comely about him. He He didn't have a halo around his head. I mean, they had to ask Judas to go and kiss him to identify him among 12 people. But why would he be that? Because Jesus wanted to deal with every one of us who are terrorized by the spirit that says you are not beautiful. You are, not, you are ugly. You, if only you look like her. If only you look like him. You are plain features. You're not beautiful. Trust me, I have dealt with people around the world where this is the burden they carry. They don't feel they are beautiful. Well, the suffering servant, one took a body that did not look handsome. He took a body that was plain looking to show you. What's most important is not the look, it's the agenda of God in the spirit behind the fleshly body. And I'm telling you, listen to me. This is powerful stuff. So for some of you who are trying to kill yourself, trying to look like some, some somebody of idolizing you in your mind, chill. Because God thinks you are beautiful. That's all that matters. And soon enough, if you let what's in your spirit come out, that's the only thing people are going to see, the beauty of what God has put in your spirit. He was not even handsome. (laughs) But here it gets deeper though. We're talking about Jesus, the suffering servant. He is despised and rejected by men. He is despised and rejected. Remember, Jesus is the substitute lamb. Okay? Because the, the law of God says the soul that sinneth must die. And since all of us are under the penalty of sin, for the Bible says in Adam all die. In Adam all die. So we are born into sin. It's in our DNA, it's in our bloodline until it's intercepted by what was done by the suffering servant. So everything Jesus went through is so that you and I don't have to take that burden on us. We can legally go before the court of heaven, before God, until the devil get moved out of my face. I'm not going to take the d- rejection. Why? Because he was rejected, so I don't have to be rejected. He was despised, so I don't have to be despised. He was despised. He is despised and rejected by men. He is despised and rejected by men. Have you ever felt despised by people? Don't even know why? Felt rejected by your own family, friends? Well, can I tell you that if you just embrace Jesus, there is in Christ Jesus the ability to rise above rejection. When I came to know the Lord, I'm telling you, I came to a place, I mean, mean, listen to me, I'm beyond rejection. Literally, I am beyond rejection. And that's the reward of God. There's nothing you can do to Francis Miles that makes me, oh, I'm rejected. I live above it. I have digested that, that, that supplement, that, that divine supplement called Jesus in my Bible of my being. That you can't reject me and think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be crying. There was a time I would have cried. Now I just move on because I am know you might reject me, but I'm accepted in the beloved. Because of the suffering seven. And so many of you, you are waiting for human human beings to pat you on the back and tell you how beautiful you are. You became listen to me. He died for that. People that despise you are just missing out from the blessing of what you're carrying. They don't know what is inside of you, what you could literally listen to their life. So they just rejected what's inside of you. Hey, you move on, you it's your loss. But he was despised, he was rejected. There people commit suicide over the issue of rejection. He died for them. He suffered for them. So whatever you are in the world today, if you are dealing with rejection, I rebuke it right now of you in Jesus' mighty name. Because I'm here to tell you this Sunday morning that you are the blessed of the Lord. You are the beloved of the Lord. When the angel came to Daniel in, da, in the book of Daniel chapter 10, uh, after he had been praying and fasting, for an answer about the captivity of the people of God in in Babylon, God the angel said to him, "Hello, hello, Daniel, beloved of, you are greatly beloved by God. You are greatly beloved of God. Can I tell you this morning, you whatever you are, maybe to some of you it's in the evening, depending on which part of the of, of the continent you are. But here's the bottom line: you are the beloved of God. But many of you don't believe that. But if you're a child of God, you are born again. You've received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. You are greatly." beloved of God. So don't let no, no spirit of rejection play with your mind, mess with you. The suffering servant took your rejection. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. A man of sorrows. That means Jesus was very much acquainted with sorrow and grief. Imagine what, well, imagine if you're a pastor of a church and the first five, five rows in your church every Sunday a bunch of people that hate you Pharisees Sadducees lawyers everybody trying to trip you kind of reminds me of how the president of Donald Trump has been my god I don't even imagine what it would take to be Donald Trump for one day no matter what you do they throw folks and pans at you it doesn't matter what the man does Jesus was acquainted with grief and sorrow. Why would he do it? Because again, he's a substitute lamb that God has ordained. It pleased God that he is acquainted with sorrow. So when you are going through a sorrowful time, guess who's the best antidote to get you out of your sorrow? It is the one who was acquainted with sorrow and grief. Maybe some of you lost a loved one during the COVID. Many, I know people, I've got friends who've lost loved ones, they'll never see it again on this side of planet earth because of COVID. You know, it's tough. You're going, and they're grieving. But can I submit to you, the suffering servant, they list the grace you need to get over the Grief over of, of anything. Maybe it's a, it's a premature death of a son or a, or a miscarriage. That's a thing that brings grief. But today, if you just call on Jesus, the suffering servant, I guarantee you in Jesus' mighty name, that it's going to begin to shift some things in your soul. A man of sorrows Unacquainted with grief. And we heed as it were our faces from him.
0: <laughs>
1: is it amazing how people hide from you, run from you when you're going through? When you got money, man, driving Bentleys, you know, you, you, you can take people on vacations with you. Everybody loves you. But You go through a bankruptcy, you lose some money, and I've prayed for people who said, hey, everybody's left me. Well, the mouse when I had money, they were all around me. It's human nature. But it's devastating, though. It's devastating, though. It's not, we're not supposed to be like that, especially Christians. But sometimes even we, even Christians, my God, can get for in the same place. There they are uh, they have so many fair-weather Christian friends. They are your friend for by that you can pay the lunch, you can pay the bills, you can be, take them shopping, love on you. I mean, they'll love on you. But man, the moment you, the, 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 the tides turn, they will just drop you like a hot potato. That he, uh, they were, he says that we hid as it were our faces from him. So he knew what it means to be ignored by people that your longing would connect with you. Where am I saying this? Somebody out there is listening to me, and this exactly is what you're going through. It's not psychotherapy. The answer is not in psychotherapy. The answer is in simply saying God. Give me more of Jesus. If you're born again, ask for more of Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, then this is the time to say, Lord, I lift my hands. I'm so tired of running my life. I open my heart and I'm asking Jesus to come into my heart and make me a child of God. That's what you may need to do. But if for those of you who are working with the Lord, ask for more of the same, more of Jesus. Let the root go deep inside of you. He will would, would take over. The problem with many of us, we got, it, it's, the, most, the problem with many Christians, our life is like this. We, 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 it's like having a 10 bedroom property, and Jesus only is allowed in the living room. So, guess what? The devil is playing hell with you. He, he's playing soccer on your head. I mean, playing ping pong. He's playing me like ping pong in every room of your house. And meanwhile, they overcome the overcomer, the line of the tribe of Judah, Jesus, the suffering servant, is only allowed in the living room. So, when you go to the living room, you get deliverance, you get peace. But then you have to go back to your restroom. You have to go back to upstairs because he's not allowed there. Why don't you surrender? Why don't you, just let, why don't you just let Him in every room of your life and let God plant the root of the suffering servant Jesus in every room of your life and watch Him insulate you from what would be a normal human reaction to people ignoring you, acting like you don't even exist. And yet, He doesn't even phase you, That doesn't stop your destiny. You keep on keeping on. Hallelujah. Hmm. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. My God, surely he has borne our griefs. He has borne our griefs. He's, you know, this is why it's ridiculous. Imagine somebody is driving. You 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 got a big load on your head. You know, you you, you, you are you are and you're getting. You, you you I mean, you you just getting tired because you've been walking. You and the sun is scorching you. But you got this thing, you load. You got. Then all, all of a sudden, a pickup drives by, a red pickup drives by. And the owner says, "Hey, come on, come on, jump in the back of the truck. I'll, I'll, where are you going? I'll, I'll take you wherever you're going." Imagine if you're at the back of the truck. And the driver is driving, but you got the thing on your head. You still got the thing. In, I mean, you're in the truck. How does that help you? And that's so many people. They come into the kingdom, they come to the Lord, but they still want to carry their own stuff. Laid at the foot of Jesus. He bore our grave and carried our sorrows. That's why sorrowful of times in my life don't last for too long. I cry. It's, it's just normal. I go through it, but soon enough, I did into that Jesus. So I, I mean, the sorrow hit that what I call that Jesus firewall in my soul, in my spirit. Bam! And soon enough, the sorrow is carried away. It is carried away. The sorrow is eaten away. Glory to God because he's in me. And he's also in you if you have received him as your Lord and Savior. Yet we esteem them stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. In other words, so many of us think Jesus deserved it, what he went through. The Romans thought he deserved it, he was a criminal. But you don't understand that he was dying even for the Romans. Isn't that amazing that the Romans were crucifying a man who was dying for them? What love is this? The very people who are prosecuting him, crucifying him, as he was who are crucifying him, the very same people, guess what? He was dying for them too. So that Romans can be saved. That's why there's millions of Italians, millions of uh, 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 Frenchmen, all over the world, people who are now in the kingdom, because Jesus died even for the people that were nailing him to the cross. Because it was all about all of us. What greater love than this can any man show than to die for his friends? Well, he did that. Is Jesus the suffering servant? Listen, uh, I uh, before we. We dismiss this service. I just want to give an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. So maybe you are my dear. You have never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I want to read you in a prayer of salvation. Then I want you to email us at i got saved. I got saved. At francismouse.churchonline.com. I got saved. At FrancisMouseChurchOnline.com and let us know when you, if you gave your life to do any one of our services or broadcasts. We want to be able to send you some materials or uh, digitally or maybe physical, whatever, whatever that's possible, for you to help you in your faith in Christ Jesus. So just pray this, friends. Heavenly Father, I realize that Jesus died for me. Everything he went through was for me. I repent for having rejected Jesus. I will reject him no more. I'm asking for Jesus come into my heart in jesus name holy spirit wash me from all my sins by the blood of jesus listen my friends if you have prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart jesus just came into your heart and and you are now what the bible calls born again if any man being christ is a new creature the old has passed away and all things have become new Now, I want to pray for everybody right now who's carrying grief. I'm really feeling this anointing. Father, I I release an anointing of of grace. Father, a comforting grace. Comfort your people, your sons and daughters, everywhere in the world who are dealing with grief. I release them from it in Jesus' name. Let there be a refreshing anointing from the Holy Ghost that's going to come upon them to touch them in a fresh and new way in Jesus' mighty name.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at francismiles.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us. May God bless you today and always.